Hello all and welcome to the 90th edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that wishes it could read the game like Jakob Sorensen. I'm Michael Bailey, I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well on the way. Too near and yet too far. Here come the injuries and the ginger enigma. We will work through all that and more with our guests this fine evening. They are, as I wait for the music to run out, which it has just about done, a Norwich number one chief at NCFC numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. Uh, our own Scottish maestro commentator and journalist, although he's now better known for his Hodgie the Hack content. Did it Stuart Hodge? Uh, well, I don't know about that, but hello, everyone. <clears throat> well, I do, I do, and that's all that matters. Thank you, mate. You're the man in the door. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we also have author of the official history of Norwich City, or should I write co? Maybe I should say co-author, but we'll say we'll say author for tonight. Screw it, author uh, and purveyor of fine jumpers, Zoe Morgan. Good evening, Zoe. Good evening, Michael, and thank you. I will take all the glory for this evening. I think on the book. Absolutely do it. Um, thanks, uh, everyone, for joining us. Lovely to see you all out there too. Uh, how are we doing, um, Steve? How are you? Uh, lovely Christmas tree in the background. Thank you very much. Uh, I've realised I need to work on my framing, really, because I've just sat in front of it, basically, or half of it. It's basically what? a power play. I've just bought a tree <laughs> and I'll be like, look at it. I bought this. I can't. I'm look at it. There it is. There. There. I bought it. Stevie. I need to see it. Uh, Do you know what's hilarious, though? Everyone looks festive. Zoe's got a jumper. Steve's got his tree. Michael's got at least like an interesting background. I look like I'm in jail. I look like I'm in a jail cell. <laughs> just to confirm, <laughs> you're, you're, you're definitely not. <laughs> Are you dead? Yeah, I can, I can confirm that. Not okay. Um, I <laughs> but no, very well. And uh, just wondering, you still like know how to operate all the gears and levers after there's three weeks off hosting, right? Because I think I did the one two weeks ago, and then we weren't on last week. So I feel like you wow. you, you might be out of practice. Yeah, well, this is this is this well. That will make it all the more <laughs> exciting, I Sorry. suppose. It's chaos. Yeah. Not wishing to get into F1, but, you know, it, it could be uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's synonymous of that, um, mm-hmm. which is all good. Um, well, you know, I mean, the Christmas tree doesn't look like it's coming out of the top of your head. So um, you've achieved that as much. So although Zoe's yeah. not entirely sure. <laughs> uh, Stu, how are you from your cell? Uh, not too bad. Um, I've been treated really, really well, really respectively by the constabulary, so I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, you could uh, definitely sense a Hodgie the Hack live stream from prison. Uh, well, aye. Um, or just like 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 custody. It doesn't need to be actual prison. I'd be quite happy with just like a weekender, you know, like experience the vibe, but don't, don't remain incarcerated for any length of time. You've, all you've done there is made me think of custard. So um, well done. Um, You've also reminded me of the fact that we spoke to Dean Smith in the press conference this morning where um, he got asked if Norwich had had a a Christmas party yet, to which he said, uh, with a glint in his eye and a smile on his face, well, you know, we had one virtually, but there was only two of us in the room, so that was all right. He then proceeded to be asked all of the details of what this Christmas party was like because, you know, the other journalist didn't quite twig he was joking. So yeah, and it, it literally took about three minutes for this whole thing to be – he was like, no, 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 it didn't happen. It was a joke. But there we go. So um, oh fair play to Dean Smith going – It's never a good joke if you have to explain it's a joke, though, is it? Or be, was I mean, it just I, a tough crowd? You I got it. it. It was. I got it. Fine. I tweeted it live <laughs> that it was a joke. <laughs> so um, it was definitely, definitely not Dean Smith's sense of humour. I fully appreciated the uh, the length you went to. To be to be honest, I, I enjoyed it. Um, Zoe, how are you? 
I'm good, thank you. Just about recovered uh, from getting back at about midnight on Saturday night <clears throat> after uh, after being at Carrow Road in the what evening. Happened? Did you go to jail? <laughs> I live in Yorkshire. <laughs> I live in Yorkshire, so I have a long way to go. Part of the A1 was shut. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was an interesting journey back. And I've got to do it all again tomorrow, so I can watch us play uh, and win 7-0, I expect, uh, yeah, tomorrow evening. Absolutely. We all know it's worth it, so that's that's the good news, isn't it? Well, I'm, not making, I'm not making any jokes about Yorkshire and prisons because um, I used to have a I used to have a bad rep um, with people from Yorkshire. Oh yeah, they didn't like ago. it. Though, did no, they? No. Oh yeah, yeah, probably fully I... justified. I expect. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've put that all to bed. I certainly but didn't have any. It's a very, very tolerant county, according to recent news. So. Okay, well, let's move on quickly uh, because we are live. Um, uh, brilliant. Well, I'm glad everyone is well. Hope you're all well out there listening or watching. Uh, just before we get uh, stuck into the big stuff, may I uh, actually apologise for the lack of a podcast uh, last week. I was travelling back uh, on the train uh, from Tottenham when I was told by my mum that, that my uh, granddad had died earlier that day. And... Um, we couldn't get a plan B in place for the for the podcast uh, on the Monday night. But I did just want to say, for the record, uh, my granddad, Brian, he was 91 years old and a Carrow Road season ticket holder for more than 70 years, which is which is incredible. Uh, I've now got a lovely photo of him at Wembley from the 2015 playoff final, which is nice. Uh, and he did also play quite a big part in me realizing as a teenager that I could actually go regularly to watch Norwich play live rather than supporting them in absence like my dad who preferred finding out the results um, once they'd happened than actually worrying about what had happened during the game I don't think you could really deal with the stress um, so it's probably thanks to my granddad that I'm uh, I'm sat here doing this really uh, and I have also no doubt that he would have thought Cristiano Ronaldo was rubbish on Saturday night um, mm -hmm. on that note I say let's crack on with this week's uh, headline act and i think that volume was much more agreeable <laughs> because i did tweak it but i do say that every week Oh, no, Zoe's put her hands through it. Still right. recovering. Still reco okay, <laughs> moving on. Next week, it'll be much quieter. Maybe maybe next year, it'll be much quieter. Um, so there have actually been three games that we uh, that have taken place since we were last on. Um, and I am keen to know what everyone uh, feels that they've learned after the delightful trio that were the one-all draw against Newcastle's 10 men up at St. James's Park. Uh, followed by the 3-0 defeat at Spurs, of course, on the following Sunday. And then we had Saturday's 1-0 glorious defeat against Manchester United. Um, <laughs> no. But, um, yeah. I mean, Steve, when, you, when we wrap up the three games, what, what, what are we the wiser about now, do you reckon? Um, difficult one because they were three quite different performances, I thought. I thought um, Newcastle was... Um, absolute torture for the most part to be honest I absolutely hated watching that um, a game that I think we didn't expect to be on top of and maybe we learned that actually we're quite happy not to dominate games in that way we certainly didn't anticipate it was going to go that way um, Spurs I kind of feel I think similarly to you Michael because I've seen you say this and I just steal all, all your ideas really um, that I that I don't think we were flattered by that score, or rather Spurs weren't flattered by that score, and they were well on top. And although we had a lot of the ball and a few chances, we were never in control of that. Contrast that to Saturday, which I think, 
to be honest, over 90 minutes might have been our best performance of the whole season. It was certainly certainly up there. Um, we really gave uh, a team who will probably be pushing for the top four, though, were very, very ordinary on the day, a, a, a properly good game. And I think, well, you, you know, you, don't, you never deserve to win games, do you, unless you actually can score. But um, we certainly deserve more than to lose that. So I think over the three games, um, to me, it feels like maybe under Dean Smith, we're going to be we're going to be a home team as in you know we'll be a force to be reckoned with at home obviously we're only talking a small sample size so maybe a bit difficult to judge on that um but we've certainly played better had our better performances at home and one thing that struck me and again i think this is something to go back to stealing your ideas um is is the way that we defend now as a team is just night and day from where we were before and i think particularly that midfield three um there were a few times against manchester united where i saw them sprinting back like sprinting back to, oh, to protect, yeah, to protect the box, and then kind of working, you know, winning the ball back and working up the pitch from there. Um, we just didn't see that under Farker, so I think there's going to be harder work, a harder working team, a more compact team. We just need the goals to start flowing, and and then who knows, we might we might start being competitive. We might even drag ourselves out. It is it is a fair while since I used the word jog. So that is good because there was a lot of usage of the word jog in the first mm. few weeks of the season, especially it was uh, it was really um, grabbing me quite a lot. Um, I mean, it's interesting, Stu, isn't it? Uh, uh, Dean Smith kind of said it himself today that you know scoring goals is the toughest part. Creating them is also quite hard, but they've been better at that. So you know they are kind of they have kind of worked through to the point now um, where that looks like the hardest thing to do. Is that is that something we've learned over these three games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're I think we're making enough chances, barring maybe the Newcastle game where I don't think we were that creative particularly. And I think it was bringing Yanulis on that would really was was the key to to making a difference in that game. Although Cholis did, I think, if he had more than forty five minutes, might have done something in that second half. I still think he can be really effective for us. Another thing that we've learnt is Shemi Plaheta could actually be a viable option in the Premier League. He was a player that I'd written off as a kind of Ivan Sprivel can run really fast and not do much else. Hold my hands up. I thought he was absolutely fantastic against Manchester United on the ball and off the ball. Um, I thought when we were defending, his pressing was really, really strong. And I thought he, he just he did that side of the game really well. There was an instance in the first half where he, he got the ball in that right-hand side. And I don't think the move came to anything, but he played a really intelligent pass and it just looked like he he was kind of, he had a bit of creativity about him, which was something that I never, ever saw from him under Daniel Farca at all that I can remember. So, and to see him doing that, and to see him doing it against Manchester United as well, albeit they weren't great on the day, uh, was, was really encouraging. But that, rather than focusing just on him specifically, I think that, that sort of, gives you an idea of of what Dean Smith is doing for a lot of these players. Because I think a lot of the players that might have been in the fringes, you might have written off, maybe hadn't looked like they'd got very much for Norwich City. I think a few of them might, some already are, and I think a few more might begin to surprise us as the season goes on. But yeah, just need to score goals. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice uh, for a few of them to to step up and, and shine. I'm sure we're going to talk about some of the others as well. Zoe, what are your learnings um, thinking about it, I think um, it's been all about sort of understanding different levels of confidence and, and changing levels of confidence as well, I think. So if you take us, the fans, and our confidence in the team, I feel like that that's an evolving 
process, I feel like we're definitely all confident that they know what they're doing, that they're more organized, that they're more competitive in games, more competitive for longer periods of games. Um, we might not be completely supremely confident that they're going to win games, um, particularly regularly, but we certainly feel like we're in games for longer. I think Dean Smith has now got an understanding and a confidence in probably a bigger range of players within the squad than Farker had, um, you know, in his greater number of games at the start of the season, you know, whether it's force changes, like just him tinkering around with the side. We've now, it seems like we've got a, a deeper squad than actually some of us maybe thought we had that, you know, we can be not worried when certain players are playing because actually they're, you know, very capable of contributing. And then I suppose the last one is, is the players the players' confidence, and um, that's something I think that's there's two elements of it, right? I think it, one of it one of them is their confidence in that they can compete, and I think that that is definitely light years away from where it was a few a few weeks ago. The the confidence they had throughout the game on Saturday, I think you know they they really felt like they were in it. They felt like they you know they were attacking it. They felt like they were on the front foot. Um, so, you know, that's really, really pleasing to see that they don't look all at sea. They don't look lost anymore. Um, but I suppose that one last sort of missing element, I suppose, is the confidence in front of goal. Um, and that's that's what we're maybe that's what we're missing. And, you know, if we can sort you can sort that bit out, um, you know, perhaps the confidence in us in us winning more games will, will come because I think that's yeah the one thing that we're lacking at the moment, maybe. It's a, it's a really interesting point that just the simple um, deployment of Josh Sargent on the left rather than on the right and, and there's quite specific attention to why Dean Smith did that um, is sort of a tactical nuance that I think uh, has now been added to what Norwich do on a, on a game-by-game -game basis, um, which, you know, is, is a notable improvement, I would say. Um, I mean, we've also learned that, you know, injuries are not uh, are not an old thing. You know, they have returned. Um, there's been quite a few players in now, which I guess a lot of you will already know about them. We did get a few updates today. So apologies if I miss anyone out. Uh, ben Gibson was due to train today. So hopefully he will be back. He missed the United game. Uh, Grant Hanley has damaged ligaments, but not broken anything. Uh, he did, I, Dean's missed him to say that he definitely hadn't dislocated his shoulder. Um, he got asked that directly and said no. So oh, is that not really? Is this a, is you, you have ligaments in your shoulder, right? Is that that's a is that a thing? Yeah, I, I <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> I, well, genuine, genuine question. I, I, I he did. So in fairness, Dean Smith didn't say that he damaged ligaments. Um, there was a Norwich City tweet that said he had damaged shoulder ligaments. Are there really shoulder ligaments? I don't know because it's <laughs> a, it's a ball and socket joint, isn't it? So with that. Can that, someone with a physiological background help us there's out? There's the rotator in, in cuff. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there are. I feel there like must there be are. stuff over the top of your joint. Yeah, surely. there must be stuff it. there. If, yeah. if anyone watching this live knows, please let us know. Isn't um, it all the stuff that Teddy was missing in his knees that meant that he just had the socket, <laughs> the ball and socket? <laughs> Why did he have a rotator cuff in his knee? <laughs> maybe <laughs> that was the problem. Yeah, maybe that was yeah. the problem. Um, <laughs> Yes. So, uh, well, he hasn't broken his shoulder anyway, um, okay. which would be particularly nasty. Um, but he is uh, he is going to be out for at least 10 days and it may be longer. He's got another scan. Uh, Christos Jolis has, uh, I believe, tested positive for COVID. I think that has basically been confirmed because it's not something
something I would confirm. I don't do that. Uh, private medical records and all that. Um, but he will be self-isolating and testing. So I, I guess he'll be back in a, a week or so, maybe. And um, primarily, hope he's all okay, obviously. Uh, Milot Rashica is going to be back running very soon, I think. He might make the Arsenal game, which would be really good news. That'd be a nice Christmas present, wouldn't it? It'd be like a new player. Wrap him up in a present and unwrap him. Don't don't let him just run out. Just wheel him out in a cardboard box. Someone release oh, the bow and how it comes. Anyway, um, uh, Matthias <laughs> Norman, uh, he isn't back training yet, so he won't be around. Um, uh, Andrew Mbemadeli has a not a stress fracture in his back, but a, a, a precursor to that, I think. So they're going to have to rest his back for a few weeks. Sam Byron was on the bench for the United Woo! game. That's amazing news for Sam. Far too early because Dean Smith said it was too early, <laughs> about 48 hours early, uh, earlier of the game. Well, that's um, that's when, when Hanley was down, we were sort of speculating. We are thinking... By, maybe Byron will have to come on at centre back. No, no, there's absolutely no way that can happen. <laughs> well, Sam, yeah, that would have been that would have been something, wouldn't it? And uh, Christoph Zimmerman isn't back running it either, so he's still a fair way off. But of course, uh, Ben Gibson being back and Ozanka back looking half decent on on uh, Saturday, along with Jakob Sorensen at mm. centre back, uh, at least offered a bit of. Uh, a bit of positivity so that i mean that is the that is all the injury news um and what i will just say is uh paul F- paul frake i did think that said farker for a moment uh has been in touch there are four main ligaments in oh, the shoulder thanks thank paul. you paul even I mean, gives a number and toby mills yes you do have ligaments <laughs> in your shoulder so thanks, uh, more, paul, more wendy, aggressive that answer. wendy <laughs> Hi guys, I tore the ligaments. Oh no! Rotated cuff. It's painful. It took four months to heal. Well, Wendy, right. I hope you're okay now. And B, I hope it doesn't take Grant Hanley that long to get back from his shoulder injury. <laughs> it's Grant um, Hanley. It'll take him about four days. Are you saying that Grant Hanley's tougher than Wendy? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, Wendy, okay. but Grant's a warrior. <laughs> I did like the way he uh, tried to carry on with just one arm just hanging limply by his side, <laughs> as if that would be absolutely fine to just now do I'm, for the next however long. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. I think about five minutes before he did it, I said, oh, I've just noticed Grant Hanley's got his fingers taped. But, you know, he's not he's the least likely footballer to stop playing because his fingers hurt. <laughs> so then <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo threw him to the floor and he broke his shoulder. So, um, yeah, funny how the football gods work sometimes. Um, um so, yeah, I mean, obviously some good and some bad news in, in all of that lot. Um, it does leave us looking at the Premier League table um, where things are now. Um, it, I mean, it's a curious old situation. But I, I keep thinking Brentford are going to get sucked into it. And then I keep looking at the table and thinking, I don't think they are going to be sucked into it. Um, and, you know, you have Watford who are there. You know, they've also they've conceded one fewer goal than Norwich. They've lost one more game. Yet somehow they're on 13 points with four victories and they scored 21 goals where Norwich have scored eight so uh, and they're 17th um and Newcastle got battered at the weekend so I mean when, yeah, when we yeah. look at it do we come can, 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 do you reckon Hodge you can find three teams worse than Norwich at the moment I've always been of the mind that both Watford and Brentford were but I watched Watford play Brentford and I saw Watford are going to change their manager again and they're maybe <laughs> going to get it right and I don't think Ranieri will be there to the end of the season. I will eat someone else's hat. Oh, no, I've got one up there. I'll eat my hat that I've just bought, my Orlando Magic hat, if Claudio Ranieri is at Watford by the end of the season, because I don't think he will be. Brentford. We can, we can broadcast that. That's fine. We can broadcast that today. <laughs> yeah. Life Carry and Dale. Life and Dale. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I think Brentford just seem to keep getting results, as in when I think they're about to slide right back into it. They just seem to have that knack. And... I, <laughs> 
I mean, obviously, I wouldn't notice that he stay up more than Brentford, but if there was another team I would love to stay in the division, it would be Brentford. So it's quite nice to see how they're approaching it this season and on the fact that they're managing to get those results. I'm not going to fixate on the other three teams worse than us because I think that kind of mindset is like, right, let's battle to be the best of the rest. Whereas I think Norwich City need to have a different kind of mentality about it. And to be honest, as a playing squad, I think that they do. I think they're going in and they're looking at it on a game-to-game basis. And I think we've punched pretty much at the weight that we're at since Dean Smith has come in. I think there's a few games where we could have got more out of it, but the key has been that cutting edge in the box and we've just not had that. Sadly, I think that will probably be what relegates us by the end of the season. But the other thing is, I think there's enough players, if you start getting goals outside of Temu Puki, right? Not even necessarily another striker, but you start getting goals from the wings in midfield. I think we've only got one goal from from the, the sort of midfield area of the team so far this season. If you start getting goals from those areas and you still get the odd centre-half's header, which we've had a couple of already, then maybe it can be enough. Because on the defensive side of the ball, as Steve pointed out, we've improved immeasurably. And that's really frustrating, actually, because that's the bit that Daniel Farker could actually maybe have addressed or let his coach you. You feel that that's a side of the game that it's it's nothing to do with ability, it's to do with application a lot of the time. Obviously, lapses in concentration and stuff like that happens, but in terms of the difference between sprinting to get back in your shape and jogging to get back in your shape, that was something that frustrated me from the start of the season. I kept seeing it and I kept pointing it out, and I was like, we're in this game. Apply yourself, you know? Um, So I I, I think... I think as a as a collective, we're looking at things a bit a bit more positively now. And I think at least the key thing is I'm watching Norwich City and they're in games. I was watching Norwich City at the start of the season and they were rolling over limply, meekly, and that's. I'm just trying to enjoy the fact that we're fighting in games. And I know that sounds really sort of loser mentality, negative, whatever. I don't care. I'm just glad that we're competing. No, I'm I'm completely with you, Stu. I mean, and I am loser mentality negative anyway, so I'm, I'm quite happy to. I've played five aside with you, mate. I know that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, like it was frustrating on Saturday um, to think that we could have got something and we didn't. But actually, it's just it, it just feels like progress. I did come here on here a few weeks ago, and I'm sure, and I would at some point I would have said I just want to see us compete. And actually, we've only got five points from five games under Smith, which which feels like. But well, it's a point a game, and you know when you're starting from five from eleven, I think that will put us on thirty-two at the end. That will not be enough. So we do need to improve the points tally. But it feels like we've come on leaps and bounds. Um, and I think just to go back to the points you made about the midfielders, um, he's chopped and changed a lot, hasn't he? And I, I was thinking just before I came on, I think I think he's used six different players start from the start in those two roles either side of Puki. So Sargent's had a few, Rashid's had a few, Dow started, Campwell started, Poheta started and Jolis has all started. And they've all done okay, um, but none of them have scored. Uh, And that is, that's a huge, you know, that that has absolutely got to change because Pukki's doing his bit. Um, And I suppose you could add Adam Eater to that as well because he got a start against Spurs. So it goes back to the point that Zoe is making that that we've, we've seen actually quite a lot of the players and it feels like they've done okay. They just haven't, taken the opportunity to add to the goals tally um and you can forget about Brentford by the way 10 points ahead of us they only need about four more wins so I, I think they they are staying up 
Well, five. Well, four, five four wins, four wins, and four wins and a, wins and a <laughs> few draws would do it. Nor- yeah. Norwich need if if Norwich don't get, and I agree with Stu's point. I keep thinking of the teams around us as well. Like who are we going to finish above? Ultimately, I, I feel it's the same time every time we go up. We need to get to 35, 36 points minimum, and it kind of doesn't really matter what everyone else does. If we don't get to that total, then we have no chance anyway, really. Well, yeah, which does you know as and I've come, I've been saying you know it needs to be uh, it needs to be nine or ten wins is, is mm. probably what you really need. Um, I remember Steve Bruce saying that once um, when he was Hull manager right at the start of the season. I think they got absolutely smashed by Chelsea <laughs> away from home. And the first thing he said before the game is, look, all we need to do is win ten games. Is that ten from the start of the season or from now? Yeah, so that is ten from the start of the season. Um, but but you know it's eight from now, isn't it? And, and Norwich have basically played half the season and you don't really want to be getting into the, you know, trying to finish in the top half. Um, you know, rate of notching wins uh, over the rest of the season. So we will see. But it did. Um, it did remind me actually what you were saying there, Stu. That you know, Dean Smith himself said, "We it's not about. It's almost not what what we do. It's just trying to get involved in the pack above above the bottom three. Really, it's trying to you know just sort of bring teams into your orbit, which I guess is the same thing as just trying to look after yourselves and pick up points, isn't it? But you're just trying to do that and bring more more in. And uh, you know, there's a fair way to go." So plenty of teams can um, screw up a bit. Let's maybe leave it like that, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, do you think, like, if you mentioned a few of the players there, lads, like, so Julius receipts are, like, one of these guys, if they get one goal, right, or a couple of them get one goal, I think that could have maybe not a transformative effect in terms of where we will finish, like, outside the relegation zone, but I think that could have a total springboard effect to the team and that yep. they'll then have confidence going forward in front of goal, or at least a bit more of it, rather it's than Sergeant. hoping for a goal. Sergeant, uh, I, no, I wasn't going to go that far, mate. He um, is going to springboard us. I, uh, yeah, I, we, we, I, I do sort of... Because I know as soon as someone does something, it'll be, oh, that will kickstart this. But I mean, you know, it's going to take a bit of a run of things. I mean, we talk about those players who played Steve and haven't scored. I mean, they also haven't con- they haven't created a goal <laughs> either. No. Um, so it's uh, it's sort of all of it really, isn't it? But, you know, small steps, just maybe mm. the last big step. Um, if a few of them scoring, it can give us a bit more positivity. Like, and at least then it's not just as Pookie going to score or is he going to miss? Because we all know Tamu Pukki's game can sometimes be dictated what he does with his first chance. Well, look, there's no better no better time than Tuesday night, but we'll come on to that. For now, I think it's time for a bit of uh, pick that one out. And there it is. Uh, now, this is the uh, part where the podders each get a window to bring up an issue. They're struggling to let go. Um, if they lose themselves for more than 30 seconds, the buzzer will sound. Oh, I've got to get better at this, haven't I? The buzzer <laughs> will sound. There it is. Um, uh, so that's exciting. Um, and then Does once the buzzer sounds, they can let go. Before the buzzer. I did last time. Yes. No, yeah. in fact, it's, Ooh, it's, be, it's becoming a bit of a fashionable trend, yeah. to be honest, and I don't like it. Michael I, finds it unforgivable to... if you stop before Wait, the buzzer. Yes. Don't don't. I don't get to use the buzzer. It's just you know. Not I like the fact you've got an actual buzzer. I've never seen it. Hold it up again. Hey. Just an app. Just an app. Look like you pressed it with app. two hands just before like that. <laughs> yeah. That Britain's got talent. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> right. Um, quickly, that's enough time wasting for me. Um, right. Who would like to go first? Oh, Zoe, do you want to go first? 
Yeah, I can go first. Um, go first. Brilliant. I'll give it a go. I'll try and speak for enough time to let you press the buzzer. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about top knots uh, for a bit. Um, I'm just wondering if we're all comfortable with being a team with two top knots in it, which we were on Saturday night. I think it's possibly the first double top knot we've had um, in a Norwich City team. Uh, it's just sort of come out of nowhere and nobody really warned us. I think we've been, I think we've been quite aware of Poiretta's top knot for a while. Dimi's out of the side for a, a few weeks and suddenly he's grown enough hair to suddenly tie it in a knot on top of his head. Who's next? Is it going to be Brandon Williams? Oh, <laughs> well done. Brandon Williams Cantwell. doesn't. Cantwell, oh, potentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Brandon doesn't strike me as a sort of player who's going to end up with a top knot. Top but... no. Can I say, uh, by the way, that is the kind of football punditry that my dad has dreamed of hearing on a mainstream <laughs> channel at some point. I'm going to make him watch this. Brilliant. Is this, is this mainstream? Is this prime, prime <laughs> time? It mainstream. is now. How <laughs> dare you? Um, um, I mean... I, I, I was going to say, I have a theory about Leeds United, who all of them seem to have top knots last season. And now... Basic, I don't know. None of them do that I can think of. I so think you... the power of the top knot is what propelled them to whether they finished eighth or ninth last year. And now that they've lost it, they've lost all the top knots and they've lost all the ability. Oh, I'm gonna say. So what? What we're saying is, if we can increase the XTN or expected top <laughs> yeah. knot in oh no TK TK XTK, which sounds better. If we can in increase our XTK, then we are well on the way to basically staying up. Yeah, that could also top, be expected to cruel. Top notch equals top notch. Uh, yeah, no. top notch. Yeah. Top notch. Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think would look most odd with a with a top knot? Oh. Well, Pookie oh, yeah. would look pretty. I was going to go. Beard. I was going to go. Hanley. Ben Gibson. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he's a very very handsome, clean cut young man. That one. I mean, uh, Tamer could put it in his beard. A beardy top. Is, well, that's a bottom knot then. Bottom, isn't it? Bottom, actually, that yeah, bottom knot. Completely different. We're going I down think a... Matthias Norman could make it work, but I'm struggling to picture it. Well, right. <laughs> yes. I mean, we'd need to dye his hair first, probably. Again, re-dye his hair. <laughs> uh, brilliant work. So, I mean, that is exactly that's what Pick That One Out is about. Um, if I was scoring this, you'd already have won. Um, Marvellous. Well, what a great way to intro me, eh? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, right, uh, it was, it was a I comment go. on Zoe rather than on you, Stu. Oh, no, but, you know, know, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> go won't. for it. Um, there's no reason in that in that department. Right. So Ozan Kabak does some things where he looks like Virgil van Dyke and does some things where he looks like Dick van Dyke. He is a complete enigma of a football player. Honestly, like he'll do some things at the back, and I know people get frustrated when I'm trying to play out for the back and all of that, but that's his game, that's what he does. And if he gets really, really good at it, it could add a whole new axis to Norwich City's play. Then again, he does some things that look crazily cumbersome, and like that challenge he dived into in the box, I was like that. <sighs> but then after that, I was like, oh my goodness, he's just done a real sliding tackle in the box in a Premier League game and not giving away a penalty. I've got all the time in the world for that. So Ozan Kabak could be brilliant, could be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, he, he did seem more restrained. You know, I, I, I don't think Dean Smith's going to let him sort of wander out um, repeatedly. <laughs> or is it a, a frat, um, Oz, Kabak, oh, Kabak and Bauer? Kabak and Bauer. No, yeah, I think right, he went with that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> good work, Stu. You know what? On a normal week, you'd have won. 
but oh, you know, thank you. Zoe, Zoe, Zoe won. Sorry. But then Steve's got a last go to <laughs> I don't think I'm going to win. That's the, oh, wow. There is <laughs> well, that it's just a lot mentality. more. It's, a, it's more mainstream, but, you know. We'll hey, see. if we might be down to a populist vote, get your comments yeah. in. Um, when you're ready, Steve. I'm ready. Um, I don't want to sound too grumpy old man here, but uh, that photo, I think we know the one that I mean, the one of Ronaldo celebrating in front of our fans with the phones out and the cameras out. Oh, it just makes me sad. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm not that kid flicking the Vs, but I'm, I'm, with, him in, I'm with him in spirit, you know, yeah. and uh, he was what you kind of want Norwich fans to be doing. I just think, don't turn up and film the opposition players celebrating. I, I know people can do what they want, but it's not really what, what you're there for. Get behind the home team. Uh, and that's it. That is a good one. To be fair, that is a good one, Steve. You swing in your um... scarf like that, trying to put them off. <laughs> like, honestly, that was terrible. That was an indictment in the modern football fan. The, the only thing I'll say is that I did, and I mentioned this in my hot takes um, after the game, um, uh, available on TikTok, probably. I think that's where I upload it to. Um, uh, but I, I, so I mentioned it in that, but then I did see someone afterwards say, oh, um, you know, they may have been, or they were, I think they said it definitively as if they knew, um, filming, you know, to see Tim Krull save Cristiano Ronaldo's penalty and then obviously he scored and then he ends up running towards them right. and he's stuck in front of them. So, yeah, but I mean, just people don't... do, we all see videos of the game in progress, don't but, we? So people do just... do that, especially a penalty. Just don't fit what you're doing. Just just live in the moment and enjoy like and celebrate proper. What I like, I don't see how that's going to be better watching it back. You know, the next day that it would be just in the stadium celebrating as if he'd saved it in real time. I don't know. Yeah, but Steve, where have you like been the last now. twenty years? <laughs> I know technology's <laughs> passed me by. Um, it's no past and- Michael by. He does TikTok. Yeah, yeah, all over TikTok. <laughs> Show <laughs> me your ways, Michael. Yeah, quite. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, to be honest, I, I'm not that offended really by people holding up a camera compared to, say, actually celebrating. So, um, you know, at least we've – because I, I remember times where United would rock up a car road and they'd score. And I can tell you, half the home crowd would be standing up going, yeah, because they'd all infiltrated it. So um, at least it wasn't that, mm. probably-ish. I don't know. Mm. I, do think, last- I do think we do have a bit of a – I think – a bit of an issue sometimes when the big clubs come to town and that mm-hmm. you know sometimes you get into the ground and during the warm-ups and people are sort of gathered around the front you know as close to the pitch as they can get to watch say Chelsea warming up and I'm not entirely sure it gives the best um oh, our poor players with with nobody watching them warm <laughs> up no, it's like you just want to say look come on we've come to you've come we've come to watch Norwich and I don't care who you know don't care who else is playing. Like I'd come to watch them, whoever whoever was in the opposition. And I think we do need to be a little bit careful that we don't sort of emphasise anybody's perception of Tim Pottery around around us. Sometimes I think uh, right. I think I think some, we need to be careful. Some of our lads have grown problem. top knots just to make <laughs> themselves more notable. <laughs> exactly. The, the thing is, the, the top knot will register more with a younger football fan as well. So that's expected top knot like ratio is something that I think the club's data analysis team really need to go on. <laughs> XTK. I mean, um, the players are just as bad. I haven't looked through social media, but I wonder how many of the players put up pictures where they were, you know, 
next to Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, here's me. And here's Ronaldo, you know, trying to press me. Gil- um, Billy, Billy Gilmore did like, there was one where he was like flinching away from the ball and Ronaldo was doing some kind of overhead kick. <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> not the best photo you could have picked, mate. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's Ronaldo. Ronaldo. The, one, the one Todd picked, uh, I think very much uh, was very generous in terms of the reflection of Todd's contribution to the game because he looked sort of majestic, balletic, in full control of what he was doing. I don't know which mm. moment it was taken. Out, <laughs> was it I don't remember he, it. <laughs> was it the one where he fell over on the edge of the box? I thought the I thought the sub. That's one thing I will say. Not to be all negative, and we're, we're having really good fun. But I'm going to come in here let, let the Grinch. Um, I like the subs were pretty rubbish. Like when they came on, I understand what? Flaheta probably went except off. Jacob. Oh, except Jacob, sorry. Like, because he was on so early, Lindy. he's obviously exempt from that. But the other, the other two that came on, I just thought did nothing um, mm. and didn't really contribute or enhance the team at all. I think Plaheta went off because he was just a bit leggy, obviously hadn't had much game time. So I think that was a sub that needed to be made. But aye, I just wasn't Lucas. impressed with a contribution. Sorensen, though, what a guy, man. Imagine what he's going to be like when he plays in his real position. <laughs> well, Lucas, um, yeah, L- Lucas Rupp didn't need to come off, I didn't think, but unless mm-hmm. there was a reason for that, I, I don't know. Um, and also, it's a game on Tuesday, so you know we're we're sort of umming and ahhing a little bit about that. Um, the uh, I'm just going to now casually bring back things we are not going to talk about because there's a list of things I had here which I, I didn't know if we were going to bring up. Um, Chelsea Lone Army's tweet saying Billy Gilmore ran the midfield against Manchester United. I mean, I don't know if anyone from Chelsea actually watched the game. On Saturday, but um, you know, but don't don't add don't add to the weight on Billy. Let him just do his thing and I just thought, be I thought fair it was one of his best games, if not his best game yeah, for He did well. But did you watch the first half? I, I thought, well, uh, more so in the second. He wasn't. He wasn't yeah, he was. Very, he was good in the. In the se- he was good in the second half. Definitely good in the second half. He wasn't terrible in the first either. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was good. I thought he was good. He didn't run I the midfield, but I thought he was good. Okay, no, I stand. I stand. I'm willing to be stand corrected. That's absolutely fine. But we're not going to talk about Billy Gilmore lots tonight. Um, um, oh, the, the Norwich fans in the Barclay decided that it'd be a clever idea to mock um, United supporters with the Munich air crash. I mean, you don't do that. I think it was only it's two of them, but you know, absolutely ridiculously, and I'm sure the club I, I, would deal I, with can that. Can I just say, I would, I would ban those fans. Yeah, kick them out, out of order. Well, I'm sure the club will try and identify them and, and make that happen. Um, we've touched on Poiheta, which is fine. Um, we've touched on Josh Sargent on the left. Um, there's a piece on The Athletic on how Norwich went about things against United and how their pressing was good. And if they're going to make life difficult for people, that's what they need to do. So check that out on The Athletic. Uh, we're not going to talk about COVID, but I think we're all a little bit wary about where COVID is now. There's a lot of cases in the Premier League. People seem to be... I, I'm getting it from people as well saying, oh, well, is the game going to get called off? You're getting COVID. No, no, it's in, it's in, sorry. <laughs> no, good point. Hopefully not. Um, but there are people who are generally worried about games being called off at the moment. Um, certainly Norwich's situation, Christos Jolis is the only case they're having to deal with. Um, but other clubs have got it. Well, actually, the two teams that Norwich have, have played actually have, have had it quite badly. So we had Tottenham, who basically closed down the uh, training ground. And now United have done that tonight as well. And I think they, they are... And trying to get the Brentford game called off. So, um, Norwich, a, the by com- the way, right, I know you don't want to talk about it, but there's a chain there. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Three patients here. Norwich, Norwich are the common denominators. They're also <laughs> probably the most 
vaccinated club in the Premier League. So, um, but yeah. Plus they all had it at the same time in August, didn't they? So we would be pretty unlucky well, to have a, a massive yeah, no, that's outbreak a good, again good so soon. It was like injuries, isn't it? Get them all out of the way early <laughs> on and then you'll be you'll come back fitter and less broken afterwards. Yeah, Held them unity, Michael. Yeah, quite. Um, let's stop, stop it. Um, and then Jakob Sorensen was the only other thing that we haven't really uh, touched on. G- Dimi, Dimi, Dimitris Yanoulis was very good, I thought, and there's a good yeah. left back battle developing there. Yeah. But um, I mean, you touched on it there, Stu. I mean, for me, Jakob is, I think, at this level, probably a better um, candidate for centre back than holding midfielder because I, yeah. I think his his lack of pace is what is what. Uh, but he reads the game like I mean amazingly like, I, I think to be honest the way he stepped in at left back last season was heroic and made him very much Matt Ung's I think we did awards actually I think he was Matt unsung hero for the season and I don't think there was <laughs> you could have made the choice of anyone else given the way he did it and then he stepped in first game he's up against Rashford and Ronaldo in the Premier League you know what I mean that's that's not an easy assignment out of position doing that. But yeah, I actually think it could be a better position for him in the Premier League. I don't, I think the club just don't think he's got the mobility in the legs to play in that midfield role. And they definitely seem, I mean, I think Norman will be the first choice for the holding midfield. Then when he's not available, it seems that Billy Gilmore's going to get the gig. And Lucas Rupp would probably be ahead of Sorensen in the pecking order as well to play there. So, but, and they have all they have all got the legs to get around the pitch really quickly. You see, and Which I thought when difference. I thought when Jakob has played there, even in Championship games, just that mobility has made me think I'm not sure. And I thought even when he came on at Spurs, it was a bit like the people are running around you quite. Yeah. A bit. Whereas when when he's played at, at centre back in a three, I think he's looked much more comfortable. So I don't know what you think, um, Steve, Zoe? Zoe? Uh, I was just thinking there's a man that's probably only ever had one haircut in his life. (laughs) 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 Not not at risk from top knot. Low XTK, low XTK. Very low, I would say. Um, But yeah, I I mean, it was just a joy to see him him doing so well when he came on. I think, you know... it barely registered. And, and one thing that I maybe is would be on my list of things we don't really want to talk about is perhaps some of the, the media coverage of, of us and maybe that Newcastle game with how, how Shearer sort of ignored us for an, the entire 90 minutes. Um, but, but one thing that was really interesting to me um, and frustrating if you take it that way, but on the match of the day highlights of the game was that they didn't mention that our captain, our centre-back had gone off with an injury and we had brought on someone who is not a centre-back to -hmm. play in his place. And that's probably a testament. If you look at it positively, it's testament to the fact that Sorensen did so well, was so untroubled, um, you know, settled in so seamlessly that they didn't feel the need to mention it because there was nothing that was coming up. That was an error that he'd made. That was a chance created because he'd been out of position. And, you know, Maybe sometimes when we're getting frustrated about these things, we think about a slightly different context maybe. And, you know, maybe think about that wasn't mentioned because the replacement did so well. And, you know, he had no right to do so well. And he did. And I think, you know, at any point has he ever let the club down when he's had the opportunity and he has not. And I think it's just a really nice, he might not get loads of opportunities over the course of the season, but we know that when he plays, 
he will not do and you know he will not let us down so he, i think one to celebrate there yeah absolutely he's going to be a player that regardless of how long or how many appearances he has in storage city career given the performance he's had there what he did at left back last season you're going to remember him fondly aren't you because he's one that is willing to just do the shift that's asked of him gives a hundred percent and to be honest has performed pretty successfully in two positions that weren't natural to him. So but he's also he's so cool, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He just he seems cool, so calm and there's something really likable about that. I I you know, I don't know what it is, just being able to rock up out of position and, and just look as though you've been playing there your whole life. Absolutely love it. I think it's control. I think everyone wants to see your team looking like they're in control of what mm. they're doing and the opposition. Yeah. And yeah. Jakob, a bit like Matt Jackson, for one, anyone who remembers him at centre-back, Matt Jackson always looked like he knew he was in control of a situation, even if he wasn't. <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> all, 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 all I'll add, sorry, just before you say, all I'll add, uh, Zoe, you've just reminded me that um, uh, we obviously haven't spoken about whatever handball is now. Um, and basically, just watch my video verdicts if you want to know. I can't be bothered to go through all the yeah. Newcastle handballs. And then, uh, there's too many handballs. <laughs> um, who knows? But anyway, yes, yeah, Stu. Uh, so we're doing things we don't want to talk about. Somebody's asked me to ask a question on this pod. So can okay. we kind that? Can we flip it? Can we have yeah. something that we do talk about that someone's yeah. prompting? Um, they want to know, it's my pal Katie Lee, she's saying, I want to know what the players are doing in terms of adapting to the new match day preparation, it's completely different to what Farka did. Do the players prefer it? Like, have you had any reaction or any indication of what the players think about the new sort of pre-match arrangements? Um, in, in all honesty, from what I could tell, they were like, all right, <laughs> new managers <laughs> changed it. Yeah, okay. They, they kind of know that a new manager comes in and then does things differently. I don't, I, so... Um, yeah, I noticed a few different bits and bobs. Um, but I don't think they... The thing about footballers is they're so blasé. They're just doing their job. And it's like, if you imagine a new boss came in and said, look, we're going to change all the rotors up. Um, can you photocopy them before we put them on the wall? Oh, yeah. You don't like, oh, that's brilliant. I'm so glad they've done that now. I really know where my rotor is. <laughs> they don't. They just like, oh, great. And we like that with footballers and warm-ups. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's changed the warm-ups. Great now. It's not like they suddenly feel really warmed up <laughs> when they when they came. Although, no, what I hadn't realised is Southampton, they only have about a 15-minute warm-up. They come out really late. And Dan Sheldon, who works at the Athletic, was obviously with me for the Southampton game. He's like, they always do this. They come out for about 15 minutes and then go in again. They don't really bother warming up. So, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, they were very good in the first half. So it didn't necessarily um, scupper them. But so there, okay. there we go. I don't know if that's much of an answer, but it's probably the best I've got, Stu. Are we still are we still training as much? Uh, you know, I, the big thing with Farker, wasn't it, about double training sessions and, and how much they used to train? has that changed i don't like i've not read anything or, or seen anything like is it is it a completely new regime in terms of training or are they just carrying on sort of as they were yeah i think they're they're doing less a bit a bit less i, I don't think dean smith particularly buys into the whole overtraining yeah. gets you fit smart not hard but i mean he's actually benefiting from a fit squad at the moment <laughs> because of that and he said it himself so um i guess the thing I always think when you have a head coach take over, it's not entirely about everything that they bring in. It's about how that builds on the foundations of what they had before. So you can almost, it's almost that it's the chemistry of the combination of that that makes a team really good. So I can't remember who it was before Alec Neal. Was it Simon Grayson at Preston? But basically when Alec Neal came on, he was able to really develop them because they'd already done, you know, the bits that they already had. Same at Everton. Was it whoever took over after 
David Moyes, they had like a real structure. Martinez, and then, Martinez. Yeah, and then Martinez could just mm-hmm. come in and just add all this brilliant football because they knew how to defend. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a bit like that with Dean Smith. You know, we solidified them, but they, they do know how to pass the ball around and actually create chances. But mm-hmm. there we go. That's just Sometimes the best thing. period for a team can be found, and Norwich City found this when they went for Paul Lambert to Chris Hutton at first, was when you've got that, sort of right balance between maybe the instincts of the previous manager being like really either solid or attacking and then you bring the opposite end of the spectrum so with Moises Everton that was a really kind of solid workman-like but really effective Premier League team and then Martinez came in and for the first season he added this zest of attacking football and you had the solidity and the zest and it was great and then it just became all about the zest and the solidity eroded and then it was the opposite with Lambert, he had the zesty attack in football, it was really, really good. Chris Hutton came in, brought in the defensive solidity and that kind of thing. The mix of the two was really good. And then eventually it just became 10 men behind the ball all the time. You know, zest so, free. Yeah, <laughs> zest free. I love yes. zest and solidity. <laughs> I One of my favourite double acts. Of the 1980s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had some banging hits. <laughs> on on that note, I reckon um, we should move on. I won't do the half-time sting because we're well over half-time, so let's uh, get stuck into a bit of Motti, shall we? This is almost fantasy football. Which is just like the good old times in the championship where we get to paint a picture, look ahead to the next seven days. Um, and we have a midweek game, which we haven't had many of them, although we have recently, in fairness. <laughs> um which is, of course, Aston Villa at home on on Tuesday. And then we're off to West Ham on a Saturday, which will be interesting in itself. Um, but Villa first, uh, and we don't have to go too in-depth on this, but quite clearly it's um, Dean Smith in reunion with his, with the club that only sacked him a month ago, month and a bit. Uh, mm. And, of course, Emmy Buendia's return to Carrow Road. So, Steve, which of those would you like to talk about? Um... Well, I don't know how much there is. I mean, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Emmy come back. And um, part of me hopes he does quite well, just because I think he's such a brilliant player to watch. But obviously, I still want Villa to lose. But maybe Emmy to score and us to win 2-1 or something. Um, I'm slightly worried so about this magnanimous one. of you, I know. I, I, oh just, I, just, I just love the guy. <laughs> I know I know he wanted to leave, but um, but yeah. Um, I am I am a little bit wary because I'm getting flashbacks to two years ago when we, we fielded that... Um, basically patched upside against Man City, didn't we? With um, Amadou at centre-back and alongside Godfrey and kind of thought, wow, this is going to work. We beat Man City, you know, <laughs> this is this could be our pairing now. Uh, we did have two away games between that uh, one, but then we played Villa at home after that uh, and it patently didn't work because we let in five. Yes. Um, so uh, I'm obviously, you know, different manager, different team, different players on both sides. Uh, but I am slightly wondering, as much as I love Sorensen, whether he may be exploited more um, if he does start because Villa will be aware that he's going to play. And for all that he was brilliant against um, United, uh, he does have limitations clearly at centre-half. Otherwise, he would be playing a lot more often. So I'd still hope to see Gibson back. Um, And then on the wider point about the game, it's obviously massively important. You know, it kind of goes without saying, but this is one that we've got to be you know Villa are a good team new manager uh three wins out of five I think under Gerrard and the other two are against Man City and Liverpool so it's not going to be easy uh they've got a really good squad as well um but I think we have to be looking for three points and anything less will feel like a disappointment after the game 
feels like a difficult game to get three points from. It does, but, um, but hey, that's where we are right now, isn't it? You know, we yeah. can't keep talking about good performances um, and not getting points if we want to stay up. We've got to, we've, we've got to beat teams at Villa. Otherwise, you're looking at beating teams like you know away at West Ham. Home was Norwich's worst performance under Dean Smith our victory? Maybe other than Newcastle, I think it was. Uh, well, maybe the first half. The first half was. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I didn't think Spurs was great. I, I, I thought it was all right, but you know, I think it was. Yeah. Um, they were in fair, fair control of that. Uh, I mean, how magnanimous are you with Emmy Buendia, um, Zoe? I've, I've seen people saying, "Oh, you know, he uh, he said he never wanted to play for the club again," which no one bore witness to that conversation, but has obviously come out. Um, and they, I think they, you know, would would, would not applaud him necessarily, but <laughs> it's got to be somewhere in the middle, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, like be decent people, and you know, we didn't get to we didn't get to say thank you for everything that he did last year, and you know, they've got to, there's got to be a moment for that. I think it's before the game, uh, if anything, maybe at the end if they've lost, uh, can be very magnanimous when you've <laughs> when you've won won the game. Um, I was thinking about this earlier actually, and I think I think we're in a good place to have him back. Um, not to play for us, but to, to have him back at Carrow Road now. Um, I think, you know, if when things were going badly under Farker, it, it was sort of, this is a good team and it's minus Emmy and that's why it's no longer good. And I think if he'd have come back then earlier in the season, it would have been very raw. It, You know, I, I think it would have been quite a difficult, difficult moment for all of us. I think we're, we're in a stage now where, you know, we've got a new manager. It's very much time for new heroes as somebody once said um i think like we're, we're in a good place in terms of being able to move on uh, i think we're all understanding what our team is now um and what they're trying to do it's not necessarily just got this gaping sort of emmy buendia sized hole in it yes we would probably still benefit from him being there of course we would because he's a magnificent player but i feel like we can be a little bit more accepting in having him back, applauding him before the game, hoping he gets sent off, everyone moving on. Uh, and I think, you know, that's where I am at the moment, I think. What, what a brilliant point. Um, I mean, I do visualise, Stu, there being, you know, really make the make the reception really rousing for him at the start. And then as soon as the whistle blows, just boo every touch, you know, call him anything <laughs> you want and just go for the extremes. That's what You I'd could like. get your phone out and film him. No, I mean, well, can, can you make it go boo? You could buzz him. Just buzz him. Do you know what? Right? I, I love the point about him getting sent off. I would really like, because that's the side of the game. I want to see Norwich City have a bit more crazy gang vibe about them. Like, don't mean putting folk 10 feet in the air, but like just a bit more of the winding up the opponents, trying to make sure you get under the skin. Kenny would do that, wouldn't he? Kenny would give him yeah, a good Ken, Kenny would definitely do that. And I think... I think some of the more experienced players maybe have a bit of that, but I want to see a bit more of that for the team generally. And I think Emmy uh, coming back to Carrow Road is a prime candidate for winding up and forcing mm -hmm. him to lose his discipline. And that would be very much <laughs> like, well, I know the last time the opposition went down to 10 men after 10 minutes didn't they actually end with three points, but mm -hmm. it, would, it would definitely help us if Emmy did end up making the long walk down the tunnel. No, no one on that pitch will know him better than some of our players, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even his current teammates. And mm -hmm. and they'll know what winds him up and they'll know how to get under his skin and they'll know what frustrates him um, just in a footballing sense. And if, you know, if they use a bit of that now and that knowledge and, and they work on that before the game, if they can put that into practice, then we know that he doesn't like it when he can't, he can't get on the ball. He doesn't like it when, you know, he feels like he's not, he's not, 
running things and he doesn't like it when he feels like he might be about to get substituted so i think you know there's <laughs> there's plenty to go at and uh, if we use some of that knowledge um i think we can we can definitely exploit it as well even uh, i did ask dean smith about that today actually and he, he said he, he, did, he labeled him a fiery character and that was from only knowing him a little while so i think he kind <laughs> of fully appreciated uh, uh what he was uh, what he was dealing with there um uh, remarkably, Steve, Mark Lawrenson has predicted a Norwich win. Uh, I don't normally get stuck involved, but yeah, this is the first time Mark Lawrenson has oh. predicted a Norwich win all season. Most of them have been defeats, yeah, but actually, I looked through all his predictions. Norwich generally did worse in each prediction. So for all the stick Mark Lawrenson <laughs> get, got, he's actually been quite kind so far this season, um, generally mm -hmm. speaking. But um, Or we've yeah. just been off. There we go. Or we've been, well, we, we were. <laughs> but those, those days are gone now, Stu. Those days are gone. Um, and that 5-1 that win... Uh, um, Back at Carrow Road two seasons ago, I, uh, for Villa. Sorry, five-one defeat. We lost. Let me just rephrase that. It's been a long few weeks. Um, yeah, that, that was such a bizarre game of football because I think Michael McGovern was in goal. I think Ben Godfrey was about to have a hernia operation, but he was the only <laughs> centre back, so he had to play. Um, and uh, basically, the beginning of the end for Moritz Leitner as well. That yeah. game. In fact, I don't know if he ever played for us again after that. He had a shocker. He did. And uh, Marco Steepman probably should have scored twice in the first five minutes. And actually, it was one of Norwich's best attacking displays of the season in terms of the chances they created at Premier League level. And then, of course, Josip Drimic scored from a yard um, after a dodgy back pass um, and celebrated, I think. I can't remember now. Uh, good old Josip. I think, um, he, I think he grabbed the ball and ran back to the centre circle. Yeah, yeah. Game on. Game on. Four in three minutes. <laughs> yeah, we can still do this. Um, it's nil-nil. Come um, on, lads. <laughs> so I mean, uh, yeah. So that that was quite. A, uh, there was a lot going on with that one. Uh, I mean, for me, I did. I was one of the lucky ones who got to watch Henry Buendia play for Norwich um, week in week out last year, and it was a it was an absolute joy in the flesh. So um, I think the fact that Norwich are even competing at Premier League level and owed a lot to a player who was comfortably above the entire division. <laughs> to be honest, um, absolute standout. I don't think there'll be many seasons we see someone do that sort of thing in a Norwich shirt. So fair play to him. Uh, West Ham away on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I bet we've got a great record against them. Um, so there we go. That just makes it more important, I guess, especially if Norwich are going to be a homer team um, under Dean Smith. We will see. Uh, I should also flag up, obviously, January transfer window is rapidly approaching. I'm sure we're all incredibly excited about what Norwich could do in those four <laughs> weeks no. um uh, we've got a transfer mailbag running on the athletic so if you want to get any questions in um i'll be answering the pick of those on the athletic uh, in a piece over the festive period so uh, get those in over the coming days before it closes um i think that's it unless anyone has anything else they want to bring up um uh, did anyone else see any comments is there are there any comments we should bring up just before we go well, um, as you mentioned, transfers, there was just a couple on strikers. Um, actually, right at the beginning, Beck, 8, 10 p.m. Uh, uh, asks, hi, Tool, do we need a new forward? Um, and Toby Mills at 8.26 says, in the last three games, I only think Pookie has missed one big chance against Spurs. He's being asked of a lot, and I still think he's performing well. Maybe Hugo would be good to have as a backup. Maybe. Sorry, Toby, but uh, Hugo like, would get driven back. Um, but the fans of his current loan club, if if they could, they are not impressed with what he's doing, and he's not the answer at Premier League level, mate. But yeah, I agree with you totally on Pookie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, just because there were a couple of comments on it, my lights are not blue. They're not Ipswich blue. It's just the way <laughs> they look on camera. I promise you, they are white. But they just is that look, right? 
Yeah, they just look. They really funny. do look blue. They're really blue. <laughs> really, really. You need blue. to wait, Bal and shut camera, mate. Oh, I do. Yeah. I'll I'll talk to you about that after the end of the pod. Otherwise, it's going to be a <laughs> tedious end to this one. Isn't it? Oh wow! Yeah, that really. Thank that you. is that's the most white, the most blue white I've ever seen. But there we go. Um, well, on that on that um, startling revelation, <laughs> and I was um, going to say we all we all know what we do with blue and white, Michael. Yes, indeed. Right, move on. Um, <laughs> haven't done that. We do. We do. <laughs> on <indeed>. my tree. <laughs> Uh, in that case, I think I'm uh, I'm safe to say uh, that we will call time on the 90th edition of On the Ball, the Norwich City podcast that would never ask for any other business. Uh, if you're yet to do so, please make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available for everyone on your usual podcast player. And we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. Just search Michael Bailey, The Athletic Norwich City and your preferred social platform. And hopefully... It will indeed show up. Uh, ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always appreciated. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, feel free to sling me a direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey is the handle. A big thank you to our guests this evening. Steve, thank you ever so much. You and your blue lights. <laughs> Pleasure as always, Michael, except for the blue lights. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Stu, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you get released soon. Yeah, me too. They're meant to be knocking on my cell door quite soon. And um, Steve actually has a blue light badge. That's, there's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll save that for another week. Uh, Zoe, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, a winning jumper is again, as always. Uh, we will be back next week for our final podcast of the year ahead of our festive break with loads more Canaries capers in another On The Ball Norwich City podcast. Until then, never mind the danger. And we're clear. There we go. I accidentally put up the uh, banner for Twitikers early. So that was naughty. <laughs> Never mind. I no one noticed. Notice. No one I, noticed. Did. No. I did. <laughs> Zoe did. Yeah, Zoe did. Um, uh, Steve, uh, Stu, Zoe, all of you Twitikers out there, welcome to Wits End. If any of you have stumbled across this for the first time and are wondering what's going on and why the podcast hasn't actually ended, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42 which went live on September the 8th, 2020. Goodness. Wow. It's all explained there. Uh, you can email this bonus part of the podcast directly, which some of you may have forgotten. The uh, address is Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S at iCloud.com, or use the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Uh, just don't explain what it refers to, because this is a secret club for only those who discover it. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, tonight, uh, well, I, you know, uh, a, a, a apology, I suppose, straight up. I haven't caught up on um, since we did the last one. I haven't caught up on the on the Zodiac Whitbread or um, the uh, Bailey's comments. Um, so there's lots of work to be done there. Um, but I, I'm going to put them all together. So we could even do it for the last pod, which will be our of the year, which will be our Christmas party next week. Um, Are you going to prepare something with them? So, like, maybe, like, I don't know, wrap them or, like, as in, not as a uh, gift, wrap them as in, like, freestyling. Like, kind I of mean, <laughs> I, there is no way I'm wrapping anything. Uh, write a song? I, I could potentially write a John song. could write a song. Power ballad. Yeah. Power ballad? I think you John, could do um, that, Michael. John could write it and you could sing it, Michael. I bet you've got the yeah. voice of an angel. 
Well, well, <laughs> my two albums are on Spotify. If anyone wants to have a listen and find them, they they are. No, that on, is I'm not lying. even lying. They are. What? On Spotify. Oh, they are. That's true. Two what? albums on Spotify what, under oh. the name of Michael Bailey. I'm not sure. Oh, hang were you on. in blue? Yourselves. <laughs> huh? Were you in they... blue? <laughs> <laughs> no. But thanks you for thinking like... I could have been. <laughs> I'll take that. Again, we don't like blue. I think we've established that. <laughs> oh, blue true. is not welcome. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, were you in speak... white? The band white? No. Because no. blue is actually white in that. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> it's been you a very white. Barry White. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, no, well, let's don't. not do Barry White impressions, please. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, we could, yeah, I mean, yeah, I could write, write them in a song. I reckon John would be awesome for that. He could do the whole green screen with his head just hanging out of something like space and then just sing it all. So, Beanie's comet flying past you on yeah, like, with my face, know. yeah, on, with a comet. Yeah, that's, there's lots of uh, potential there if anyone wants to create that. Um, uh, so, we haven't got that uh i did just want to flag up there were two things i was going to flag up a uh, callum friend of the uh friend of the twitterkers honorary twitterker um he did uh flag up a tweet that said uh rook was uh the best number seven on the pitch on uh on saturday which is nice nice <laughs> um and also he uh shared uh the lovely and talented ben stokes not the cricket player the designer who lives in Norwich. um uh, their tweet um labeling josh Sargent as joshy van sargewinkle which um is that a space pun or is that just a just that's <laughs> just a pun. That? i did i did actually write here good pun good pun value but short of a space or astrology reference surely so, we've got to open this up to christmas puns i feel like i feel like space i know you get nervous when i suggest a new pun you, Michael. <laughs> <Another> <laughs> i've said it now so everyone send us your christmas puns well in fairness i mean uh, anyone here who listens to the scrimmage i mean chris and rob are always good for a list of christmas Norris oh, okay. so uh, Ian done. Clark, who I used to work with at Arch, and mm. we nailed them. And all I ever Our think of is Phil Mold Wine, because that's, <laughs> oh, that's my. Yeah. That's, and I don't Actually, know if there's a better that ain't Christmas be Norwich City pun than that. Brilliant. Yeah, that's my. Brilliant. He's one of my favourite players, Phil. Phil. We've got a suggestion in the comments for this song that you're going to be writing, and it should be. Josh says it should be in the style of "We Didn't Start the Fire." <clears throat> right, no, he's right. put "We Didn't Stat the Fire," which so maybe yeah, well, was me involved. Oh, I don't know yeah, if that was a pun as well. Amazing. Um, Well, well, if if this isn't exact, yeah, I'll just, there's Josh. Look at that. Um, I mean, if this isn't what Wits End is for, I don't know what is. Uh, Has anyone (laughs) got anything? Mindless conversation. (laughs) Anyone got anything Um, to add? Have you got any Christmas? Have you got a Christmas pun then, Steve? You can't just throw out a list and then not have a contributing. Uh, can I'm I come back to you on that before the yeah, end? Yes, please do. Please I'll do. About a minute away. In the meantime, um, <laughs> what? Oh no, maybe this is one to save. Actually, but I was, was going to say, what time do we need to get to the game on Boxing Day? Because I feel like Zoe might have to leave at eight in the morning, just with all the COVID stuff. You know, oh, what right. time do we have to? <laughs> what time should I get there? It's going to be a disaster, right? It's there's, there's enough queues as is. I think when they actually start checking your COVID situation it's going to be interesting at best so i think i think the idea is they're going to make everyone pre-register so they don't have to check it when you arrive so this mm-hmm. is if anyone's wondering you will have to have i don't even know exactly what they're checking i guess it's either a lateral flow negative lateral flow result or that you've been double jabbed um or maybe both i don't know don't hold me to that and maybe boosters as well according to sajid javid maybe who knows um what times we live in hey it was never like this in the 90s. Um, so, uh, yes, 
that's exciting. But um, I, I think the idea is they're going to try not to check everyone's when they arrive because, you know, we'll probably kick off in 2022, I would imagine, and miss two games. Um, <laughs> yeah, anything else, anyone? Anyway, anything anyone wants to bring up? Um, We've been going on a fair while tonight, so there's no real pressure. I mean, this is quite bad, but Christmas Zimmerman. <laughs> Christmas Zimmerman. Okay. And on that <laughs> note, um, <laughs> I, I didn't have a lot of time. I'm feeling quite tired. So, Steve, you, know. you were the one who brought it up. <laughs> uh, oh, I hang on, Zoe. Zoe's, Zoe's, go on, on, good this time. is very Zoe. loose. This is very loosely Christmas based. But how about? Onel Hernan designated driver. <laughs> wow. It's very sensible behaviour. I mean, now at I'm wishing parties. we finished on Christmas Zimmerman. <laughs> if, yeah, I mean, if it hadn't been for <laughs> Solus Solus Puki, uh, I'd have thought all your puns so far, Zoe, would have been would have been Onel Hernandez. <laughs> yeah. so, He's the uh, only person I can ever think about when you ask about, me any um, question <laughs> about anything. Snow Hernandez. Snow Let it snow Nell. Noel. Noel Hernandez. Come on, Noel Hernandez. Yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> Um, I think on that note, um, unless anyone has uh, Kenny other business, definitely not Emmy other business. Kenny other business. Kenny was good on Saturday, I thought. Excellent. Best game of the season. Yeah, well said. Sorry, Stu. (laughs) Nothing. Pookie Christmas party. (laughs) Flinging it out there. Flinging it like a snowball. I like that you lost faith in it. What did you say, (laughs) Stu? It definitely didn't say Pookie Christmas party. <laughs> and on that note, yeah. uh, I, and, and to think we've got one more pod before Christmas where we can get even more of these off our chest. That's why it's a joy. Idea. Uh, clearly. Um, well, in that case, um, we've carried off everyone. I was going to mention about Canary's uh, regrets. If anyone had any, I mean, maybe it's Christmas regrets, but any Norris City supporter regrets. <laughs> I always feel I bring up Derby, Derby at home when I miss the 3-2 win, which is obviously incredibly bitter about because I keep mentioning it. Also, tell you, one slight, slight small regret. Um uh, in uh, in the 2000-2001 season, um, Norwich had a really bad start. Uh, they were away at Stockport midweek. And um, I didn't go because there was a fuel crisis. There were, there were queues at the pump, petrol pumps. And and we sort of opted that it might not be worth it to drive because, yeah, that would be responsible. Norwich won 2-0 and Tony Cotty scored. And I'm kind of like, you know what? I would have quite liked to have gone and seen that. Um, so that's, you know, a minor Norwich City regret. I mean, we may well have been stuck in you know the middle of the country on the way home on the you know wednesday morning without any fuel but you know maybe it would have been worth it to have seen norwich's first win of the season away at stockport and a tony cotty goal for norwich Hmm. all collector's items uh got a few more in here by the way just puns tis the season to be choolis stephen bird there he is would give that a bit of the season to be (laughs) choolis um and josh says Noel Adams. Oh, there you go. Just changing someone's name, though. <laughs> uh, B- Billy, Billy Fillmore Stockings. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, is that your biggest? Is that your one? <laughs> uh, it's better than Pookie Christmas Party. So. Yes, that's true. Um, and, and Billy Dalton asks, um, where are the boys from Talk Norwich City? I don't know. Doing, doing Where are they? Are they missing? Are they missing? Yeah. Chris? <laughs> Where are they? Are they all right? 
Alibo works with the police. Alibo works with the police that have got me in this cell. Yeah, yeah, they might be getting messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know if you find them, Billy. I'll worry about them otherwise. Um, I love Chris and Jack. There we go. Right. Uh, I think we really are done now. So um, if everyone's happy, you're all brilliant. I love the podcast. Thank you so much. Great effort. I forgot. See, this is what you're saying, Steve. Three weeks. I've completely forgotten how to end this segment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what I'm going to say, oh, yeah, on, on, on three, we'll all say goodbye. And then I'll, I'll, I, will, I will say goodbye to you if that's all right. So um, thanks, everyone. And uh, one, two, three. Goodbye. Bye. And they're gone. Um, remember, uh, if you want to get in touch with us uh, for Wits End, uh, just uh, tweet us with the hashtag Twitterkers, or you can email us directly at Twitterkers via Twitterkers at iCloud.com. <sighs> Hope you enjoyed the pod. Until next time, that's a rope.